Hi, I'm Doug the Neighbor, and welcome to the Possum Trot Studios for my podcast coming to you from awesome Austin, Texas. Yes, I'm Doug the Neighbor, and today we have a very special neighbor. He actually is my neighbor, a man named Brant Smith, and we will get to talking, chatting with Brant Smith. He is a neighbor, and uh, he's got some great stories. We will get to him in just a minute, but to our podcast listeners around the world, you know that we always have a little bit of housekeeping to do before we begin. So we want to make sure that Jojo Bear, our Vice President of Production and Drinking All the Dr. Pepper that is here, he is observing what we're doing, so he's here, and our neighbor Brant Smith is sitting right here, and let's get on over to the weather window! Yes, it is a little cloudy today on November 22nd here in awesome Austin, Texas, but it is always sunny in our hearts in awesome Austin, Texas. Now the sports report for today, the Dallas Cowboys, who are having a tough time this year, are playing the Minnesota Vikings. And then on Thursday for the traditional Thanksgiving game, they are playing the Washington uh, football team. I think that is their new name. So the next week or so will determine the future of our glorious Dallas Cowboys. Now, for the Bluebell Ice Cream Price Index, with Thanksgiving coming up, family around the house, Bluebell Ice Cream is a fine product coming to you from Brenham, Texas. And the Bluebell Ice Cream Price Index, you can get two pints of Bluebell Ice Cream over at the Randall's for $5. That's a very, very good deal. And everybody loves Bluebell ice cream. And Doug the neighbor has a little reserve right here around his waist of Bluebell ice cream. That's why we have been out walking a lot in the neighborhood and convinced Brent Smith to come on over and do a podcast. So, Brent, very glad to have you here. Well, thank you, Doug. Thanks for having me over. I'm, uh, I'm uh, happy to do this. No, okay, now you've got your <laughs> Dr. Pepper right here. That I do. Cheers. <laughs> okay. Now, you and I met while walking through the neighborhood. Yes, that's correct. And uh, you were walking your dog. What's your dog's name? Dog's name is Otis. Otis! Otis. We, we love Otis. And we certainly appreciate you coming over to the Possum Trot Studios for this podcast. Well, so let's let's begin. Uh, let's start with some simple question. What is your name? Brant Smith, and it's B-R-A-N-T. B-R-A-N-T. N-T. Brant Smith. Now, are, are you named after your father or grandfather? I, I, I am not. Uh, my folks just came up with the name. I believe it's a Scottish, Scottish origin. Okay. All right. That's very interesting. I'm Murray Douglas. My grandmother was a boy, so I'm pretty Scottish too. You know, but Smith. Now, come on, Brent. Smith here. Uh, you in witness protection or something? <laughs> Possibly. No. I mean, uh, I guess the good news is I got a, a somewhat unique first name, but a very generic last name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's very funny. Now, where were you born? 
I was born in Lubbock, Texas, which is a town in the Panhandle. In the Panhandle, yes. Okay, up in the Panhandle. Now, how did your family get up to uh, Lubbock, Texas? My grandparents, parents, or great-grandparents, grandparents, and parents were all uh, farmers, cotton farmers. Cotton farmers up in the Panhandle? Up in the Panhandle. Oh, yeah, actually, more specifically in Slayton, Texas. In Slayton, is, Texas. We'll get to that in yeah. just a minute. But you were born in Lubbock. Born in Lubbock. Oh, oh okay. Now, uh, have you ever uh, done your DNA to look at your family history? I have not. I'm thinking about it, but just have not done it as of yet. You just haven't done it as of Any idea of what you think your family origins are from? I would somewhere, we're, we're certainly either Scottish or Irish or somewhere in that okay. mix. Okay, so the DNA would answer a few questions or provide a few uh, surprises. Probably so. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but you're thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> that I am. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Now, when you were growing up, did you have a teddy bear? You introduced you to Jojo Bear, our vice president in charge of production. Did you have a teddy bear growing up? No teddy bears. No teddy bears. How I, about a pet? Did you have a I pet? Did. My first pet was a a poodle and it was his name was Jim Beam. Jim Beam. Jim Beam. <laughs> yeah. My parents had a, you know clearly they they had thought what they had thought what they were drinking was a good name for their dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Okay. So uh now where, where did you go to high school? So I went to high school in Slayton, Texas. And Slayton is 23 miles southeast of Lubbock. Southeast of Lubbock. Yes. Now, big town, small town? Very small town. 5,000 uh, 5, people, plus minus, right about then. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. All right. And uh, farming town, obviously. It is a farming community. That oh, is correct. Okay. And I grew up on a farm uh, just outside of Slayton. Just outside of Slayton. Mm -hmm. And now, uh, were you the lions, tigers, or bears? <laughs> That's... A very good guess, and it was the Tigers. You were the Tigers. We were the Tigers. <laughs> Go Tigers. Tigers. There you go. <laughs> now, when you were going to high school, now you, this is a small town, a lot of kids in your high school class? Very few. Uh, I had 74 people in my graduating class. 74 people. Are you still in touch with some of these people? A few, yes. Oh, yes. By email, Facebook. Facebook, uh, email, uh, texting occasionally. So, yeah, there's. Uh, I do keep in touch with several well, that, that's great. That's great. The beauty of social media is staying in touch with yeah. some of your old friends. 100%. And nothing nothing sweeter. Yeah. New, fr new friends are like silver. Old friends are like gold. <laughs> Very wise words. <laughs> now, did you ever work at uh, Dunkin' Donuts or part-time job when you were in high school? My part-time job was working on the farm. Work so, working on the farm? Yes. So we would drive tractors, sprayed cotton, uh, Tromp cotton, which was basically putting it in trailers and tromping it down. So, Ch chopping cotton. Chopping cotton, tromping cotton. Tromping. Oh, you uh, now I. So we we did both chopping and tromping. They're two different deals. Chopping is taking the weeds out, uh, and tromping is when we pour it into the into the uh, trailer and you get it and you compact it down so you can get more cotton into it. Oh, oh, oh I see. And now I grew up in El Paso, where we had a lot of uh, uh, cotton farms uh, back huh? there in the valley there. Yeah. So I knew about <laughs> chopping cotton. And uh, I just never heard the term tromping. <laughs> you get into the trailer and you tromp it down. Tromp it down. <laughs> so right. your part-time job in high school was working on the family farm. That's right. That's now, correct. how big a farm was this? So we had, we were, 
as I mentioned, there were two, two sections, which uh, section is 640 acres, so 1,280 acres, uh, mostly dry land. As I was de- dry land cotton farming is what we, what we call it. And dry land cotton farming That is, is the lowest common denominator of cotton farming. It's, it's basically you don't have any water, so you're relying on Mother Nature to help you out. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Dry, dry land cotton farming. That's correct. No water. No water. <laughs> well, no, like I said, only only what Mother Nature provides. Oh, okay. Oh, that, that's good. And so your job around, your part-time job during high school at the family farm was doing work around the farm. Absolutely. Now, yes. did you have any cows or chickens or uh, anything like that? We, uh, we had... Uh, some hogs, mostly, and, and a few uh, few cows, but mostly hogs. And 640 acres, you would have a fair amount of, uh, of land to, to tend to. Yeah, I mean, but that was, you know, again, most of that acreage was devoted to farming. To, to farming. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Now, uh, did you have time for sports or choir or... Uh, we did. Uh, fortunately, being in a small... Uh, Schools such as Slayton gave me the opportunity to play many different sports. So I played football, basketball, and ran track. Well, you're a big guy, and you look like you're in shape. So uh, you know you do it all. I try. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Now, where did you go to college? Texas A&M University. Oh, College Station, Texas. College Station. You are an Aggie. <laughs> Fighting Texas Aggies. Fighting Texas Aggies. Oh, that's that is correct. correct. Now, what is the uh, mascot for the Texas A&M Aggies? The mascot is Reveille, and Reveille is a, collie, uh, a dog. It's a collie. It's a collie, and that is the... Uh, that is the mascot. Now, were you in the Corps? I was not in the Corps. You were not in the Corps. No, okay. I was in a fraternity. You were in a fraternity? Yeah. Oh, what fraternity? Fidel. Fidel. I was an SAE. There we go. Uh, so there you go. <laughs> fraternity life. And uh, so uh, very, very interesting. Uh, did you, uh, fraternities, that means you majored in uh, beer and girls, parties? <laughs> I think my parents would probably say that, but I actually did major in economics. Oh, congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. Let's chat about that in just here in a minute. Uh, while you were in college, uh, did you have a job in college? I did. uh, When I actually, what I would do is I would come back home for the summers, and that's actually when I I worked for an HVAC company, and we were called Attic Rats. So basically, we went out and remodeled uh, houses and brought uh, HVAC in and basically had to run heating, 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 ventilation, and air conditioning. Air conditioning, HVAC. And we had to put the ductwork in in attics, and so it was uh, quite a hot job. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah. And this was during the summers. It was in the summer. That's how I say money. You weren't to go working back. at the farm uh, at that point. No, at that point. Uh, so after I went to college, we uh, and uh, you know my grandfather passed away. My dad actually we they we quit farming it, and my dad uh, we just leased the land out. For oh, I see. The farm. I, I, I see. So you were working for an HVAC, and you were called an attic rat. That means you were up there <laughs> in those hot attics in the summer. Correcting the AC, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that is true. Oh, what fun! What fun! Now, when you were in college, did you have a car? I did. Uh, I commandeered my dad's car. It was a 280Z, set 1978 280Z. What color was it? White. A 1978 280Z Nissan. That's White. correct. Oh, man, that must have been a lot of fun driving that. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, and I got a lot of tickets. I got a lot <laughs> so, of tickets. <laughs> yeah. So, how did you uh, name the car? The car did not have a name. 
Uh, it was like I said, it was Dad's car. So it's just Dad's <laughs> car. <laughs> Dad's car. <laughs> That's cute. That's cute. Uh, but you wish you had that car back now because uh, those would be a, a golden memory to have, and probably the price has risen on those things, right? I would love to have that car, but uh, and, and you know, may look into trying to find one. Yeah, good. Good, good, because now with the internet, you can find... Absolutely. Probably might even be able to find that car if you had the FIN number or whatever. <laughs> That's not, you know, that, that information is out there now. That'd be interesting. You know, to actually, where yeah. is that car? Yeah. You know, that sort of stuff. Okay, so when you were in college, what did you study? What was your study? So I majored in economics. E economics, mm -hmm. okay. I did the same thing at yeah. the University of Texas El Paso. You were at Texas A&M in College Station. Right. And you majored in economics. Why economics? Well, as <laughs> when I was in uh, school, I, I was graduated in 89, but it, it, during that tenure, uh, Wall Street came out, and uh, I just remember I wanted to be Bud Fox. So I uh, wanted to study economics and then ultimately go to an investment firm. Oh, I see. I see. So the financial aspect of business. Yes, that is okay. correct. Okay. All right. Uh, that's that's very very interesting. Now, uh, what was your first job after college? First job was with Fidelity Investments. Whoa! One of the premier investment firms in the United States and around the world, Fidelity correct. Investments. Mm -hmm. Uh, what did you do for Fidelity Investments? Started, uh, started in Dallas and uh, was working at an inbound call center and then ultimately moved to Houston uh, to work in an investment center, which is basically working face-to-face -face with clients. Okay, so you went from a call center in Dallas uh, and would, would, would you sit in front of a bank of uh, phones and computer screens and people would call in? That's right. I mean, we basically had our computer screens and they'd call in and we'd bring up their accounts and we'd start working if they needed to trade or move move money and whatever whatever needed to be done. That's what we would do. And that was your first job out of college? That is correct. And what a great education. It was a great education. Uh, and then, then you mentioned you went to Houston. Yes, uh, moved to Houston and was working with Fidelity Investments and, in our, again, our investment center where we worked more one-on-one -on -one with clients. And then ultimately uh, uh, moved from Fidelity Investments into commercial real estate finance. Uh, oh, okay, so let, let's just back on up. Okay. Uh, to my podcast listeners, we're glad to have you here. We are interviewing my neighbor. He is my neighbor, and he's got a great story. His name is Brant Smith. He was born in Lubbock. He went to high school in Slayton, uh, Texas. Went to A&M for college, and he uh, studied economics and got a first job working with uh, Fidelity, the great uh, investment company, a worldwide well-known investment company. And uh, then uh, in the call center, and we all know what a call center is, and then he got promoted to a job in Houston, Texas. Now, Brent, what, what did you do in Houston, Texas? Uh, at the, we were working, it's called an investment center, and it was in the River Oaks area of Houston, if you're familiar with Houston, and essentially we worked one-on-one -on -one with individual clients, so you working were, with their portfolio. So, so you would wear a coat and tie, and these people would come on in. Coat and tie. And they would uh, discuss with you mm -hmm. 
their investment philosophy, trading, stock trading, bonds, that sort of stuff, mutual funds. That's exactly right. I mean, we would come up with a portfolio uh, recommendation for clients, and then we'd help them to identify the right funds or stocks or bonds or whatever, what, and put the, put the portfolio mix together to help them for their long term. Help them. That's right. O okay. So you're giving them financial advice, and I'm sure once money is involved, you had to do a little bit of psychological advice, too, right? <laughs> There's a lot of hand-holding in, in the investment yes. world. Yeah, yes. Well, you've obviously taken your A, B, and K karma vitamins. You're a very nice man, and you're always uh, A, B, and K karma vitamins. Uh, always be kind. Uh, so you must have been very good at that. Uh, I, I like to think that I was very good at it, uh, but it was funny uh, in that fidelity ultimately to make more money, you, you normally have to go to a bigger firm, say a Goldman Sachs or a Merrill Lynch or somebody like that. Right, right. And uh, it, I was looking to transition to do that, and uh, at that point met a gentleman by the name of Hal Holiday, and he, I was trying to get him to move his money with me, and he said, I'm not going to move my money with you, but what I'm going to do is give you a job in the commercial real estate industry. And I was like, okay. This, uh, this, okay. This, <laughs> he, he made a great presentation to me, and I bought. <laughs> That's kind of funny. <laughs> Your client comes on in, you're trying to sell him, and he sells you. That's absolutely right. Now, uh, yeah. Miss, uh, would you pronounce his name again, please? Hal Holiday. Is Mr. Holiday still around? Yes, he is. You know, he, I'm sure he would appreciate listening to this podcast, uh, sending it to him, let him know that you are doing well in life. Yeah, absolutely. And another beautiful situation in life where uh, an, a, someone helps a neighbor. Absolutely. Basically, Mr. Holiday helped you. That's right. On your path in life. That that's is, a beautiful story. Absolutely. You got. I mean, I think that's you know that goes without saying about anybody. Generally, any successful person, you're going to find somebody who's helped them. Who will help you? And will help you. And absolutely. You, and then you pass it along. And then you pay it back. You pay it back. Yes. Now, uh, when did you? So this Mr. This gentleman, Mr. Holiday, got you involved in real estate, commercial real estate finance. Here in Austin? No, it was initially in Houston, and that was in 1998 when I left Fidelity and went to uh, Holiday Fenolio was the name of the firm, uh, and started my commercial real estate finance career there, and then ultimately uh, moved over to a company, which is now the company that I work for. It's, uh, I'm not going to go through the lineage, but it's Bercadia now. So I started out in Houston in, uh, at Bercadia. And then Bercadia. Bercadia. B-E-R-C-A-D-I-A. B-E-R-K-A-D-I-A. And that is basically, we're, we're owned by 50% by Berkshire Hathaway and 50% by Jeffrey Securities. Jeffrey Securities, I've yes. heard of them, but of course everyone knows Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway. So, yeah. uh, and then you moved to Austin. So then I had the, <clears throat> had the opportunity to move to Austin in 2010. I'd always wanted to move to Austin. Uh, and uh, we, had, we needed to open a, a, an office here. So I, me and my partner, Andy Hill, moved from Austin, I mean from Houston to Austin uh, to open the, what is now the Bercadia shop here. Oh, oh, that's very interesting. Now, do you remember your awesome Austin day, your first day in Austin, Texas? June 5th, 2010. June 5th, 2010. You came to Austin, Texas. I came to awesome Austin, Texas. <laughs> oh, that's terrific. <laughs> terrific. Now, what are you doing now? 
So I now uh, still continue to run the uh, the shop here, the Bercadia shop here. Uh, again, commercial real estate finance and investment sales. We've actually grown the office. We've got over 28 employees in the office now. Started with three back in 2010. So very happy with that trajectory and growth. And okay, uh, basically finance commercial real estate across the country. Okay, now uh, let's just back up. You said commercial real estate finance and what was the other investment sales and investment sales okay so let's start with commercial real estate do you build buildings we finance buildings so our clients basically come to us with they want to build a building or if they want to acquire a building and and then essentially have us run the metrics on it and let them know what type of financing they can get oh okay so i would call you up and say I've got a nice 10-acre piece of land in downtown Austin, and I want to put in a mixed-use building. Uh, if, you had a, if you had 10 acres in downtown, you'd be a very wealthy man right now. <laughs> uh, yes, I understand. <laughs> we can all dream. We can all dream. Absolutely. We can all dream. Absolutely. And so uh, you would love to have a phone call like that. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. So you, you would uh, then say, okay, uh, Doug the neighbor, you've got your 10 acres in downtown Austin. What are you considering well, doing? I'll give you just a real life example would be generally, I, you know, again, I'm talking to my clients all the time that let's say there's an apartment building in the domain area and yes. uh, they would call and say, hey, this deal's for sale. I'm thinking about buying it. Here's, here's, the, here's the operating income. What kind of financing can we get? And then I would run through the financing options with Yes. Them. And then ultimately, <clears throat> what we do is we go market this financing package out to our dip through life insurance companies, you know, Wall Street, uh, agency lending, and, and okay. come up with the best deal and help the client then procure that deal and close it. Okay. Now, uh, <clears throat> you mentioned something very interesting, uh, that you approach other investment firms to provide a share of that money? Uh, well, generally, we... we take what's called the marketing package. So we, we take it and we, we give it to all these different lenders and let them come up, who can come up with the best deal. And let's say it's, you know, Lincoln Life Insurance Company comes up with the best deal. Then we work with Lincoln to then ultimately take it from app to close. And, and that's, all right. and that's so, it. So and could they, they provide the mortgage for the owner of the building? Oh, oh okay. And they provide. Now, <laughs> Absolutely. Would, would there be a situation where four or five people would want a share of this? Or is it that, usually just one person? If it's, one if it's a... If it's a large deal, let's say it's a couple of hundred million dollars, then uh, oftentimes we'll do a club deal where a couple of different groups. I'm sorry, what was that? It's term? called a club deal. Where a, a couple club of different, deal. Where a couple of different groups would come in on it. But primarily, 95 plus percent of the deal, it's just one lender, one group that oh, provides oh, okay. support. Oh, okay. Now, your company, <clears throat> Bercadia, what is the, uh, without giving, let's play the money game. What, what's your average deal in a year? So our, our average deal size last year was $18 million. $18 million. Okay. So now uh, I look at the newspaper and I see that mortgage rates are all-time low. I see like 2.5%. Uh, pretty, pretty low. That's almost free money. It is. It is, it is darn near close to free money. So um, does it, it, it must... Uh, kind of get a little scary trying to run a deal because there's not a lot of wiggle room in there to make a profit on financing money. 
Well, am I getting this straight? Uh, not, not, I mean, you know, again, it's just whatever the prevailing market rate is. And that's, you know, the, there are always investors who will want to, you know, buy that type of fixed income product. Um, the, the benefit of the low rates is certainly, and again, during COVID, knock on wood, uh, is that they really have, our business has been booming because a lot of people were, it, it hasn't, there hasn't been a lot of sales activity but there's been a lot of people wanting to refinance their existing deals because they're, oh, okay. but you know, they may have had a four and a half percent rate. Now they can take it down to a two and a half. Two and a half percent. Absolutely. And say, save a lot of money. And say, absolutely. And this is awesome Austin, Texas. And we are one of the few boom towns in the United States. Well, I think it's Austin uh, and Texas in particular, but Austin and, uh, you know, Austin specifically. Our, our town. Uh, they're, we're the big beneficiaries right now because, you know, a, a lot of people, as we know, are moving from California to here, and from New York to here. and, and Those neighbors business. across the street, they're That's both right. from New York City. It's a business-friendly town. Uh, it's, uh, and, and we are, you know, we are the beneficiaries right now. I believe, you know, I think the number is like 150 people a day moving into Austin. Yes, yes, 150 people. So that's good for us. That's good for business. Right, and as I like, <clears throat> Doug the Neighbor likes to say, we've got music, we've got tech companies and geeks, and we've got tacos. <laughs> so, and we've got weather. So <laughs> we, we've we got, got a lot going for us, and that's why we are a boomtown here true. in Awesome, Austin, Texas. I talked to one of my compatriots yesterday in Chicago, and he had a very different story on what's going on there than what we're doing here when it was 75 degrees and we were out playing golf, and he's locked in, and the weather's turning on him. So we're very fortunate to be where we are. Very, very fortunate. Well, our neighbors <clears throat> just down the street, they came down here from Chicago and bought a house. Yeah. You know, empty nesters. And said, well, dude. End of Chicago. They came to Austin, yeah. and they're down the street. You walk your dog by their house every day. <laughs> uh, you know, so uh, it, Austin is a boom town, and I don't know of any other town or city in the United States that is a boom town. I can't, I can't think of it. There, I mean, there are there are others. Uh, you know, actually, you know, but you know, it was funny. Portland and Seattle were were yeah, they're kind of falling apart, but Charlotte, Raleigh. Uh, some South Florida towns. Nashville, I Nashville is very big, but uh, but you know, Nashville is is I think when the people equate the two cities, Nashville and Austin are probably the most closely aligned. Yes, yes, uh, but uh, we <clears throat> are a boom town. We are, and uh, the governor. I understand the governor the other day was making some sort of uh, uh, attractive bid to Nasdaq. The back offices of uh, the Wall Street NASDAQ, which, which are in New Jersey and yep. in downtown Manhattan, he wants he's making them an attractive deal to come to Dallas be, uh, for for the work because they can now re relocate any place. It's all electronics. Yep. Oh yeah. And then of course with Amazon here and Apple and Tesla and it, it goes on. It and just on. goes on and on, and uh, we're continuing to. Add on to that. And your company, Burcadia, real estate or investments? What Commercial real estate finance and investment sales. But what my particular focus is uh, real estate finance. Real estate <clears throat> finance. That's correct. Okay, absolutely true. Sounds like you're in a very, very sweet spot, golden time, uh, and in a, in a great area, Austin. Yes. Boomtown. I, you know, I'm, I'm a very fortunate man. So very I, good. I very certainly good. appreciate it. Now, you, you must stay fairly busy. Do you have any uh, hobbies that you work at? 
Uh, I do have hobbies. I do like to wake surf, and I love to play golf. So golf, okay. golfing and surfing are my, uh, my pastimes. Now, where do you go surfing? On Lake Austin. Oh, you, oh you're able to go surfing on Lake Austin? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Week. That's absolutely right. We actually have, we have a boat on the lake. Uh, so. Oh, you have a boat on the lake, Lake mm-hmm. Austin. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Now, uh, this corona lockdown, uh, we're in our seventh or seventh month or something like that. Any travel plans uh, that you have coming up? We do. Uh, we, uh, we travel over Christmas. This, uh, this Christmas, my kids and I will be going to Costa Rica. To Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That'll keep you busy. Uh, now, any places in Texas that you would like to go see? Oh, uh, you know, I love going out to the West, West Texas, out to Marfa. Uh, I think that's a beautiful area. Uh, I generally go to the coast a lot to do a little fishing. So uh, right, down I, to I, the, I've, I've traveled pretty much a lot over in, within the state uh, during the lockdown. Right, and there's lots and lots of things to see. There's beautiful places right here in our great state. A great state. Now, uh, one last thing. Uh, Going back to your business, this wave of people that are coming to Austin, are you seeing it in phone calls to your office? Yeah, and we're seeing it in the, uh, in the and again, in the investment sales side, because again, we're, we're building a lot of apartments. Yes. These apartments are leasing up, and once, generally the development cycle, once the developer builds it and leases it up, then he turns around and sells it. And so, which that, that activity is, you know, going exponentially. Oh, okay, okay. I, I, I just... Uh, wanted to go back over that point there. Now, uh, you uh, are in the sweet spot of life uh, here in awesome Austin, Texas, in commercial real estate, you're golfing, surfing, family. You're, You're doing well in life. What wise words of wisdom would you give to a young person who wishes to follow in your footsteps? What would you say to a son, a nephew, a college student, or a young person who admires your lifestyle and wishes to be in uh, commercial real estate? One of my maxims has always been, luck is where preparation meets opportunity. So, luck is where preparation meets opportunity. Meets opportunity. So you just got to learn and be prepared, work hard, and if you do opportunity will happen. Okay. Well, that's very wise. Very wise. Uh, Very wise words. And that is your motto. Once again, what is your motto? Luck is where preparation meets opportunity. I love it. Absolutely fantastic. (laughs) To our podcast listeners, we have been interviewing, guesting with Brant Smith. He is my neighbor and he has some great stories about his life. We'd like to Thank Brant for coming on over to the Possum Trot Studios for a podcast. Very appreciative of you coming by. Well, I appreciate you having me. And uh, thank you for the Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Dr. Pepper. <laughs> yes, fine product from Waco, Texas. To our podcast listeners, we have been interviewing Brent Smith, and he's a great interviewer, guest. I'm glad he's my neighbor, and we've really had some nice laughs. And he's got some had some great stories about the commercial real estate finance business here in awesome Austin, Texas, which is a boomtown, and how he is an en- enjoying his life. We'd like to thank him for dropping on by and 
also for your listening uh, time to For the Doug the Neighbor podcast. Please enjoy and share with your neighbors the Doug the Neighbor podcast coming to you from the Possum Trot Studios here in awesome Austin, Texas. Call your mother, make her smile, all the best. Thank you.